Welcome to the Style Frame Saturdays podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Lee. Join me as I take a deep dive into the wonderful world of style frames and interview those who are industry wizards when it comes to this stage of the animated production process. For those who may not know, style frames are pieces of creative that are developed during the pre-production phase of an animation project, and they help creators and clients alike get an idea of the overall style of a piece. Sometimes the initial vision is carried through to the end, and other times it ends up on the cutting room floor. During this podcast, we'll discuss projects of all shapes and sizes, and the challenges, rewards, and lessons learned while developing what I like to call each guest's favorite frame. Before getting into the details of today's show, the Style Frame Saturdays team would like to give a quick shout out to Riverside and Anchor. They're the tools that we use to develop this podcast, and it simply wouldn't exist without them. Riverside has so many great features, but one of our favorites is its ability to both simultaneously and continuously upload tracks to the cloud as they're being recorded. We can't thank Riverside enough for making our podcasting experience effortless, so we've got an affiliate link in today's show notes for anyone who's interested in checking it out. We also wouldn't be able to get this podcast to you without the help from Anchor. Anchor allows us to seamlessly distribute this podcast to you on your favorite audio platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If anyone's interested in checking it out, head over to the link in today's show notes to learn more. So now that you know how we're getting this podcast to you, let's dive in to episode six. Today's guest is the first of hopefully many creative directors that we'll be chatting with here on the podcast. She's one of the co-founders of Cream Studio in Richmond, Virginia, and also one of this year's speakers at Camp MoGraph. Style frames are an integral part to her creative process, so I'm stoked to see how her and her team utilize them in their projects. Please welcome Amanda Russell to the show. Hey, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How have you been? Uh, Very good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, So I'd love to jump right into things, if that's all right with you. Um, You know, if for anyone who's unfamiliar with you, you know, would you mind uh, telling our audience a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, what you've been up to lately? Sure. Um, Well, my name is Amanda Russell. I'm one of the co-founders and creative directors at Cream Studio. We're based in Richmond, Virginia, but we're kind of a remote studio now officially thanks to COVID. Um, which has been a good thing for us, but uh, we had a brick and mortar studio for eight years. And then uh, last year we decided to go fully remote. Um, And we mainly focus on uh, all things animation for marketing and advertising uh, sectors. Um, But we kind of dabble in entertainment and some other things as well, but you can check us out at wearecream.com. Very cool. Very cool. And so before Cream, um, I'm sure you've talked about this a little bit on other podcasts and stuff that you've been on. Um, but before you founded Cream with your other, uh, with your team, um, you know, what were you doing prior to Cream? Were you staff or freelance anywhere? Um, how did you exactly get into fall into motion design? Yeah, that's a good question. It's um, unlike the industry today. Um, Back in my day, uh, we, I'm, I'm a little bit older than, than you are. Um, I won't tell you exactly how old, but um, <laughs> it wasn't, it was a little bit different back then. And so um, I went to school for graphic design and, um, you know, I, as a kid, always loved art. Um, that was probably the only reason I graduated high school is because I went to AP art classes and that was the only thing kind of inspired me to go to school every day. Um, And so 
I really got into um, kind of freelancing at an early age, like even in high school, oh, wow. um, creating logos and brochures and all kinds of things like that. But I didn't know what path that would really lead me to. Um, and then I moved to Michigan uh, and um, ended up going to school there for a little bit and um, graduated just with like, you know, print like that. That was kind of what I was thinking because that's what I was comfortable with. Um, and over the years of freelancing, I did kind of get a little bored of it um, and ended up going into like the broadcast world, hated it. Um, like broadcast news, uh, where everybody seems <laughs> yep. to start out. Yeah, exactly. Um, lots of headshots, lots of, you know, uh, stingers and things like that. And, uh, I worked the midnight shift. Um, and because of that, uh, I was able to do a lot of the tutorials, the online tutorials, which is really the kind of schooling you would get for like motion graphics at the time. That was really it. Um, a lot of Andrew Kramer, um, a lot of just Adobe, like how to use After Effects. And I picked it up really fast. And within a couple of months, they promoted me to the day shift, um, which was a big deal, you know, <laughs> for my health, I'm sure. Um, and so, yeah, so I just really, really, really got into it. And then, I don't know, maybe like a year after um, working there, maybe a year or two, um, I wanted to work at a studio. And so I got hired at a, a small production studio here in Richmond. Actually, it's a, a bigger one that's been around for like 40 years. Um, but they were looking for an animator slash editor. And even though I wasn't an editor, I was like, yeah, I can do that. How hard could that be? Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> uh, but that's where I worked for a couple of years and then started freelancing because um, actually my husband was in the Navy for, and he went on deployment for eight months and I needed a project that would keep me sane so that I wouldn't cry all the time. So, uh, you know, I had a little baby, my daughter, uh, Bella, and it, I think having a creative project is a coping mechanism for me. I have to have one all the time. And totally. so, um, at night, when my daughter would be sleeping, I could be working on something. And it would, it was very creatively fulfilling to just work on these animations. Um, and I freelanced with the Piffio for a long time. And they're based out in cool. um, uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. And over time, um, uh, I just realized, well, this is kind of like the stuff I want to be doing. Because like the local commercial stuff, it wasn't really my thing. But fully animations, man, that sounded really cool to me. I could have so much creative control and I could just explore and experiment and all of these different types of um, of executions. And so uh, my friend and uh, former coworker, um, Ruth Newberry, and I say former only because we had worked together before at the um, at uh, MGFX, which was the broadcast uh, news station. Um, we decided to go freelance together. And so we had a little gig called Flux Creative, um, which later we found out that Flux means diarrhea. <laughs> so <laughs> we're really glad that we didn't name Cream that. Um, but we, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun surprise, um, as diarrhea usually 
Um, I hope I'm the first and only person to say diarrhea on your podcast. <laughs> hey, you know, you never know what's going to happen, right? You know, you might be the first of many. We don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just mixing it up here. Um, so, yeah. So then um, after a few months of doing that, I mean, we were getting a lot of work, really. And so we uh, met with um, another freelancer, Dave Swain, um, who's in the area, and he had just a huge body of work and he, everybody respected him in the area. And so we were like, we got to meet this guy. You know, who is this guy? He was so mysterious. And, um, we met him and we're like, you're awesome. We just hit it off so quickly just as friends, as people. And we really respect each other's work. So like within just a ridiculous amount of time, maybe like a month or two of knowing each other, we decided, yeah, we're going to open up a, a real studio together. Um, which I don't recommend awesome. because, you know, you don't know, you don't really know somebody at that point. True. But it worked out very well for us. So here we are. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so, and um, that was, what year was that when you guys officially, the three of you formed Cream? 2013. Yep. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So almost, almost 10 years now. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and I feel like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, over the past 10 years too, I feel like motion design, the industry itself has changed so much too. So like, were the projects that you were working on initially when you formed Cream, are they about the same no, as they are now? Totally or are they like different. vastly different? Yeah. Very, oh, that's interesting Com here too. Yeah, yeah, totally different. I mean, well, I mean, certainly different in terms of style and complexity, even in the way that we work, it's totally different. Um, when we started, we were all kind of functioning as freelancers, individual freelancers under one roof. We shared sure. the profits, you know, because we were all equal owners and everything, but um, we didn't even have a producer. So we, we didn't even know what that would feel like to have a producer. We were scared to hire our first producer because we didn't think she would have enough work. Um, and that was, it's just a ridiculous thought now uh, looking back, but um, we did a lot of, explainers like 2d explainers um mm -hmm. they were terrible um <laughs> it's really bad um but yeah and then now we kind of do we kind of do um a lot of different types of styles um and that has a lot to do with our structure but we stay we stay pretty close <clears throat> in our lane with um who we work with, the types of clients that we work with, and the the industries that we work with. So it's the or the the purpose of the video. The purpose of the videos are ninety percent of the time are for marketing and advertising. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes they you know they could be for like internal uses, um, but most of the time it's some sort of promotion to get people excited about a product or a service um, from our clients. Yeah. For sure, mm -hmm. sure. And was that something that you were thinking about early on when you guys had sort of formed Cream Together, where you sort of like, you know, we want to make sure we can take on all different kinds of styles? Or did you have in mind initially, and maybe it's changed since then, that you were like, you know, we love this particular style and we want to be maybe known for for this certain aesthetic? No, not even a little bit. I I think <laughs> I think because there are three owners with three different backgrounds and, and different interests, um, True. we, you know, we really liked to dabble in different things and not even just one thing for, for each person. It's like a lot of things like for me, for example, 
um, I really got into stop motion for a little while. And when we had a studio and, you know, but 2D was kind of my bread and butter. Um, and I did some character stuff and I, you know, lots of motion graphics, but I also had a background in 3D too, briefly, but, you know, I, I could still kind of get in there and, and, and work under it. And for Ruth, it's completely different. And for Dave, it's completely different. And so we just have a lot of interests. Some of them are shared, um, but we like that. We That's why we like coming to work because you don't know what that project can be. And um, it's exciting to change with the times, you know, not just be constricted to, well, that's our style. So we have to, we have to do it right. like that. Um, instead, when we get a brief or an RFP or something from a client, um, we try to figure out what do we want this to look like or what's the best solution and what's possible with the budget or with the timeline or whatever. Um, right. All of those factors really matter when it comes to making something great. You know, you have to problem solve um, and use all of those things, uh, you know, for consideration. For sure. For sure. And would you say that, so correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are a remote operation of about 10? No. People, well, right? it's, it's fuzzy um, because <laughs> I know you use freelancers, uh -huh. but I like full-time, um, how many it's, people it's, is it? It's that... still fuzzy, <laughs> but oh, okay. we have, um, <clears throat> and it's not as if I don't, I have no idea. It's just, there are mm -hmm. three owners, but we're all, uh, all three of us are uh, creative directors and leads um, with animation right. backgrounds and all that. And then we have our two producers, our senior producer and our, our producer, Emily uh, and Hannah, um, who are amazing. Uh, and then we have um, our amazing, incredible, 100% like want to hug him every time I, I get on a call with him, Nick. He's our 3D artist and he lives in uh, Santiago, Chile. And so he's Very cool. he's pretty far away. But then we have our marketing director and our you know sales director, and so we have like this team. As far as having um, uh, staff animators and illustrators, I think we want to get there. Um, but what has held us back is finding the right person who kind of fits right in, and that's mm -hmm. super important to us because we are so small. But also someone who's um, diverse enough in their skill set to tackle a lot of different things because that's, you know, that's kind of our MO. That's what we want to do. Um, but we're very open to it. Um, but right now the, our structure has kind of always been um, we're going to hand select teams, you know, for every project. So um, mm -hmm. whenever we get an idea, we're like, oh, who would be great for this is this person. And then who could um, animate um, this section is this person or, you know, whatever. And that's exciting to us. And most of those people, they want to stay freelance. And we're okay with that because, right. you know, that's, we want them to be happy. Um, for sure. And I, I think uh, up until COVID hit, um, we kind of always thought, well, we'd have to have somebody who would want to move to Richmond. You know, like, wah, wah, <laughs> which is like, oh, Richmond's a great city. What are you talking about? No, it's, it's great. But, you know, I just think that there's at least before COVID, there was an impression of, well, why would I, you know, like, I want to go to New York. I want to go to L.A. But now everybody is just right. working remotely. So we're very mm -hmm. open to having artists, illustrators who, you know, 
um, and animators who want a full-time gig um, to work with us. Uh, so yeah, I mean like, Hey, if you're, if you're out there, uh, <laughs> come see us. Hit up Korea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get like a million emails well, you... now. <laughs> well, and you answered um, another follow-up question I was going to ask after that, you know, uh, a lead up from this other question that I asked too, that, you know, it sounds like, you know, you guys, you know, are bringing on people who have like a diverse set of skill sets, specialists, I'm sure for certain projects, like you were alluding to, but, um, you know, maybe generalist type of background, someone who can kind of like dip their hands into different parts of the production process or just like dip on different yeah. styles of projects too. Um, so that's really cool and interesting to hear as well. Yeah. And I think just someone who has that kind of shared interest of like, you know, someone who can mimic a style, not copy, but someone who can say, I'm inspired by this. I want to try this out. You know, I want to try to get right. in this world a little bit. And then, you know, maybe a few months later, they want to try something else out. Someone who likes to um, kind of explore their skill set, I think that that's something that is is uh, really um, it, it's really inspiring to us, and so I think that's a really great thing to have. For yeah. sure, for sure. No, I couldn't agree more. Well, you talked a little bit about how you know when you first got into this, you're doing or you were inspired by um, a decent amount of stop motion stuff. So. I'd love to jump into the main event of the show, if that's cool with yeah. you, and talk about the frame that you're going to be sharing with us today. Sure. Yes. Um, so I've got notes because <laughs> I need notes. I'm the kind of, I'm, I'm a note person. Um, all right. So I want to talk a little bit about it. Um, okay. So the frame that I am sharing is, um, it's from a spot um, called Wallets, and it was for uh, Virginia Credit Union, and it came to us through an agency, uh, Elevation, called Elevation here in Richmond. And it was actually part of a pitch that we won oh, cool. um, a few years back. It was actually probably like a lot of years back now that I think about it, but the reason why I chose it, not because it's the newest or flashiest, I think because it's the most meaningful. Mm -hmm. There was a transition um, that happened for me where I was like, you know, I think I really like the stop motion thing and it's a certain kind of stop motion, no character stuff. That's way beyond my pay grade, but, um, it just feels, um, so, so tactile and it's animating, mm -hmm. but it's, it's right in front of you. And there's, you have to rely on your hands and the shakiness of them or the steadiness of them, depending on how much coffee you had. Um, and you have to rely on your team a lot because you can't just do it by yourself um, a, a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so this frame um, is specific to uh, this artist, uh, this artist shot, I'll say, artist scene. Um, and it represents uh, the wallet or the, like the life and the personality of of a creative person. And so I'll just give you a little bit of a background of like what this, um, I'll start with the RFP. So the client originally came to us and uh, they had the script written, um, but they had a lower budget. They wanted to do production. And so they sent the RFP out to a bunch of different production studios. We were kind of green at the time. Um, and we, we didn't even know why they get, they sent it to us because we don't really do production. So 
we got it. And our first instinct was like, well, we can't do this. We'll just, you know, tell them we can't participate. But then once we really read the script, we're like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> like, what can we do? And how, how can we make this work? So we came up with the idea of, of stop motion. And the whole idea behind um, the, the messaging for this spot is that Virginia Credit Union, you know, their whole selling point is that uh, they treat their customers like people and they look beyond the financial aspects of their customers. Um, they don't look at their bank account, you know, to, to determine how nice they're going to be to a customer. Um, they just get to know each person, um, their family, and they, they will get to know you by name. And that's kind of that was really inspiring to us because this idea of having a wallet that's different for every, for every person that walks through the door, not necessarily what's inside, you know, the money that's inside, but the things around it that kind of support who this person is. That was really, really cool to us. So, um, so yeah, that was our idea. We, we actually put together a little, um, I guess you'd call it like a ripomatic. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, threw that together with some music, and the the music is actually I think what we ended up uh, using in the final. Oh, nice. Um, with with Dave Swain's uh, my my business partner um, with his voiceover because he's actually a national voiceover artist for no way. Gosh, yeah, it's I literally every time it's not Jimmy John's, <laughs> it's Jersey Mike's. So if you ever hear a Jersey Mike spot, that is our co-founder Dave Swain that's his voice even to and this he's day been doing it for years yeah no way I mean, he's been doing it for years yeah so actually a lot of our work or some of it I'll say is his voice um because he'll do the scratch track and then there's demo love you know like oh he's it's so good um and so we end up keeping it that's so funny uh yeah so this one um you'll hear his voice on there as well but Very cool. um yeah. So anyway, we once we won the the pitch, um, we had to get right to work, and there was so much that we had to learn on this one because we were kind of we're green to stop motion. Um, like we had done a few tests and a few smaller projects before, but nothing where like uh, there was multiple objects and multiple scenes, or I would say like complex scenes like this where we had to animate all of the items in the scene that was new to us um but we worked uh with the client um, pretty closely on the objects and just making sure that everything was right for each scene um and it, it really kind of runs the gamut there's a lot of different scenes throughout so if you get a chance i would recommend um, looking at the full spot because there's, yes, there's the artist, but there's also a, a child, a child's wallet and like what that looks like. And there's little goldfish and like a nickel that come out of his, his wallet. And then there's a mom and a grandmother and, you know, a student. So there's all of these different personalities that are represented um, in each scene. And it was just a lot of fun to tell that story without, a, without people you know, with just objects and to try to get an emotional response from the viewers 
with those objects. That was the challenge. So it was really exciting to us. That's so cool. And so, yeah. you know, because this is a style frame too, I mean, well, correct me if I'm wrong. You said that, you know, you guys don't do a whole lot of production stuff. So for this stop motion piece, was it all production, part production, some, you know, like graphical, you know, animation stuff? How, yeah, how did the uh, process work for this? Uh, it's 99% production. Um, okay. And so... We, we knew how, you know, we have lights and we had a, you know, we shot this in our, the basement of our, our studio. Um, but I guess we, you know, we don't do a whole lot of live action shoots. That's what I was thinking, like larger productions right. like that. But um, yeah, we, we did include a few, um, or at least I should say we had to fix a few things that, that weren't animating properly. Um, or we couldn't get them to do exactly what we needed them to do um, on the shoot. Um, but it, they are, I think it's like two small little things. Um, one of them is uh, there's like a college students thing. And looking back, I can clearly see it's definitely not stop motion. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, that doesn't look great. Um, and then the other one is like a little bow on a wallet that's kind of, you know, like rotating like this. Um, I think we added that in because it needed that scene in particular needed a, a focus um, mm -hmm. for the eye. So that's what we chose to do. Very cool. So what, what yeah. was the, because this was a live action sort of like production type of thing, what was the style frame process like? Because I'm sure you're just sort of trying to find the key moments for this video to sort of present, well, I guess back to the agency, maybe to, to then the mm -hmm. client, or were you, you know, presenting directly to the client? these frames no we were presenting to the agency um and that the reason why i wanted to pick this one is because the style frame process for this one was completely different than probably anything that you guys have talked about i'm sure and completely different from anything that we have done before because we didn't really know what we were doing <laughs> so we were just kind of like oh, i think this is what we're supposed to do and we at the time, we didn't really have a, a really firm creative process um, for this type of project. So we um, we started out by saying, here are the inspiration pieces that we have. And those inspiration pieces, um, one of them was uh, the HGTV um, piece by Buck. Mm -hmm. I think it's called, hold on, what is that called? in case anybody wants to look it up, uh, Global Spice. So um, we started there, um, which would kind of serve as, well, just inspiration, but like a guide to kind of help the help the agency and the client understand where, we're, where we were going with this and mm -hmm. the general aesthetic of what we wanted to, um, to drive towards. Um, and so... What we liked about this piece is that, um, and it's it's kind of dated in the way that like there's a lot of things going on at the time with this sort of like overhead organized or knolled objects um, aesthetic, and uh, you know everything is really clean and sometimes things would be like monochromatic um, and a mixture of like paper and like all this other stuff. Um, but we didn't go the paper route for this one. Um, we decided to go with those real, you know, found objects or purchase objects. Um, so we began there and then 
we show them a, another, like a full mood board with a lot of stills. And they liked the overall idea, but they were a little bit um, hesitant about going too organized because it felt really sterile mm. um, and unnatural. And, um, and that kind of was misaligned with the message, the script, which is right. like, we're all about you. And this is, we're real humans just like you. Um, so we had to take a step back because I think right away we were like, well, wait a minute, you don't like our idea. You're like, what are we going to do now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, they were completely right. They were totally right. Um, and so once we took that step back and we decided, okay, we're going to go with a blend of these two ideas. Um, the general look and organization is not going to be like supernatural and casual as if you're just looking at somebody's house. Um, but it won't be so um, organized and clean and neat that it's distracting, you right. know? So um, that's where we started. And then from there, we worked really closely with um, the, uh, the agency to start buying all of these specific objects and then buying uh, just a, a litany of other objects that support those, um, you know, that message or that emotion in each scene. So, I mean, even from like the, the backgrounds, like the carpets, the, the tile, everything that you're seeing, like was a deliberate choice. Um, we probably mold over them many, many, many times. Um, so then from there, once we had all of those objects and once we had all those scenes, we did some um, like uh, tests, you know, some some photography tests where we pulled in um, the entire agency, you know, the, the team at the agency and then whoever was working on it from our end. And then we would just set things into the scene. And, you know, we would look at the monitor and go, okay, well, how does that look? Uh, how does that look? And just test different layouts out. And that was, that was very new to us. Um, it was actually like really terrifying because you're there with the client. Like they're right, right there. They're watching you. You're on, a, it's very limited in terms of time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have to be creative on the spot. And if they don't like it, they're going to tell you, <laughs> they're going to they're be like, no, fix it. Um, and so, but, but their team was very um, collaborative and creative as well. So they were able to get in and say, well, let's, what about this? And what about this? So we landed on having, you know, however many sets, like general, here's a general idea of how we'd like this to be. And so we'd take a photo of that and a photo of this. And then that was our, our blueprint for, um, the animatic and the shoot and everything else. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. It's a very different process. And I don't even know if that's how we would do it again. Probably not. Um, but it worked for that time. <laughs> <laughs> and how long, you know, you had said, you know, it's a pretty involved process, obviously, from then just like sort of the, I don't want to say typical because I know every project, you know, has its own, you know, gems and, you know, things that you run into along the way too. But mm -hmm. Um, you know, it sounds like a very involved process, you know, doing a stop motion piece. Mm -hmm. um, so, and and then having the client right there with you, um, 
you know, I'm sure that adds to the timeline as well. How long, you know, from start to finish did it take to not only just do the style frame portion, but like finish this whole project altogether? Like, did they, did they say, you know, we have a hard deadline of here that our client needs it by this date or, you know, how did that really work? Yeah. I don't know the specifics. I don't remember the specifics, but I know that it was, it was pretty um, ambitious. I want to say like maybe three to four weeks um, from start to finish. I, I might be lying a little bit, but it was somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember being panicked the majority of the time of, of this <laughs> this thing. Um, and as far as shooting goes, we only had two days to shoot. And with all of wow. these sets, um, it's not like the animation is overly complex. It's just that the client was there and then they had their client who was... Um, watching us as well because they they could see the the live feed from the the monitors so they would see the like every time we would shoot a scene we would replay it back for them and they would either approve it or not approve it um and so yeah that was really scary (laughs) at times because i'm like we're gonna run out of time which means you know you run out of money that that's really it you've got two days in the budget and so what do you do after that um, so it really got to where we were, we were sweating it a little bit, but at the same time, I enjoyed it because it really pushed us. I love being pushed. It's scary. It always is. I still get scared. I'm currently scared right now in a lot of my projects because, but that's how, you know, you're pushing yourself. Right. Um, you're growing when you do that. And so, yeah, for, for those reasons, I really did enjoy it. And ever since this project, then have you, you know, I haven't, haven't looked uh, super recently, but are you trying to do more stop motion ever since this project or, cause I know you guys do 2d, 3d and those types of things as yeah. well. Um, so just curious, you know, if this was a, a piece that caught other people's eyes and we're like, well, we want to do a stop motion piece with you guys now too. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have done, um, we did one for breast cancer awareness. We did one for. Uh, kangaroo, um, actually a, a series of, of piece, uh, stop motion pieces for a kangaroo. Um, and I think some other ones I'm, I'm blanking right now. Um, but without, without a studio now, it's going to be like much harder. Um, True. and I think that, you know, production to, to rent something out and to get everybody there with COVID restrictions, it's kind of like, uh, is it really worth it? Beyond that, I mean, I would like to do more, um, but it's expensive to shoot anything right now. Um, and for whatever reason, stop motion, I think because it's kind of lo-fi, like it's not super smooth, there's a reputation or there's a, I'm sorry, there is a an idea out there that it should be cheaper (laughs) than like other uh, types of animation or other types of production. And that is just not the case. If anything, it takes way longer um, to do these things because you not only have the shoot, but you have all the posts as well. There's a lot of posts that that goes into it. Um, And so I don't think that we're like actively searching for more stop motion um, pieces, but I think that we're we're definitely open to that solution if the right project comes up. I don't think we would ever go, no, we shouldn't do stop motion because, you know, 
this, this or that. I think it would be if it's the right solution and it matches the budget and it matches the, um, the schedule, then let's give it a try. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I know you had said, you know, you were working on this piece, you know, prior to being a remote operation and everything. Um, but, uh, in your opinion, you know, what were, were there any challenges and or awards that you experienced while working on this project or, you know, what were they that you can remember that, you know, come to mind right now? Oh, so many. Um, (laughs) um, well, this was a project that, I don't know. I just felt the weight of the world on it uh, because I was the I was the lead. And by the way, I should say I'm not taking credit for this whole thing. Like this was not just me. This was very collaborative between like us and the client and our, our team. Like Ruth Newberry worked. Everybody worked on something. Um, but I just happened to be the lead on this, and so I want to talk about it. But um, yeah, I I I think I learned a lot about um, leading. I learned a lot about having the confidence to lead and and trying to display that confidence to a client, which I don't think I did very well on this one. Um, I became I, I love the client and I love the outcome of this, but the way that I handled everything, I think I said yes too much. Um, and so that was a big takeaway for me. Like I need to when I make a suggestion and then I get pushback on it. I want to make sure that I push again. <laughs> like it, I, I don't want to be uh, steamrolled um, as often. And so I, I learned a little bit on that one. Um, and the, so that's a big positive for me. I like, I like being able to measure that growth. Um, mm-hmm. And then in terms of, of uh, like learning, like actual technical skills, we, learned so much about dragon frame which i'm sure i didn't retain any of that stuff but we got so efficient um during that process like it we were just like this well-oiled machine between ruth and i because she was she was at the computer um at the station like sitting there but she was watching me because i would be animating so everything the camera's up here and i'm like here and i'm literally like do do, do, or, you know, you've got like all of these things that you're animating and she'd be looking at the onion skin of the uh, animatic over top of, you know, the live feed. And she would be like directing me in a lot of ways. And then it was just such great communication between the two of us that I was just like, man, I love this girl. She's so great. It was, it was awesome that when stuff like that happens, just like, man, I really value my team. Like that was one of those moments. So, um, there was a really great collaboration that happened, um, between us and that one. And so, yeah, but there's probably a lot of things I would change if I could, but you know, that's just how life is. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Well, yeah. And you're definitely not the first, uh, you know, person on the show to say like, you know, I learned so much on this job because, you know, it was something that I hadn't done before or, you know, we didn't know much going into it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's where a lot of learning experiences come from. And I know several other guests have said this too, but that, you know, there really isn't a cookie cutter or formula to any project, you know, mm-hmm. and that goes for, you know, school you know, when you're a student and then obviously now as like a professional in the industry as well, you know, you really just, you learn constantly. And, uh, I, 
not that I think anyone takes that for granted, but I think, you know, every project, like, you know, we come to the table with our skill sets, but we're also coming to the table, not knowing how to do stuff too. And I think that that's actually kind of like a good thing as well, because you're going to acquire mm -hmm. new skill sets along the way too. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because when we first started, we were always comparing notes to each other because there weren't a lot of um, studios that we could like feel comfortable reaching out to like, Hey, how do you guys do this? You know, like that's, <laughs> it would be weird. Right. Um, nowadays it's totally different because we have like friends that also own studios. And so we might compare notes and be like, Oh, okay. It's a lot more collaborative these days, but we were pretty isolated when we first started. And so, you know, we would take um, our own experiences uh, between me, Dave and Ruth and go like, well, you know, how do you do boards and how do you do these, these things? That was like how we, we first started. And then over time we realized, all right, well, there is, somewhat of a formula here let's get that down into like a formal creative process but you're right it no matter what process you develop um unless you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again you um you really need to have your problem solving skills ready to go because um yes you know some projects require uh, a mood board. Some projects don't. Some projects require um, an animatic and some don't. I mean, there's so many different things where you don't think you need it um, or you do think you need, you know, whatever it is. And um, it could be completely unnecessary to e even add that phase in or crucial to the project. So you have right. to just kind of pick and choose um, as as you go, or at least in the in the planning of the project. For sure. For sure. And actually, now that you mentioned that, um, that does, um, bring a question to mind too. So you put together style frames for this, um, piece, were there any storyboards behind it or, you know, based on, you know, project timelines and any constraints that you were dealing with, did you have time to do that? Or the agency was sort of like, we don't need that. Let's just jump right into style frames. Yeah. Like how did that go? Um, so, I mean, even the style frames were very loose. Um, because I think we were waiting on final, the sovereign that, you, that I showed you, that is actually from the final. So I kind of cheated a little bit. Um, but the original style frames were just kind of like tests of what right. these objects could look like. So, um, so we didn't have, I mean, we had, um, we had storyboards. I don't think they were very successful because, we didn't get, do a very good job of, um, at the time, of telling the client, like, what this process is, because we didn't really know the process, you know, it was kind of like this guessing right. game, and I will say, things changed a lot in that project that were completely outside of our control, so when we thought we would have a process, we, you know, we had to change something up really quickly, and, you know, well, now we're not doing this anymore, we have to do this, so it was one of those things where, um, style frames, or I'm sorry, um, storyboards were not super helpful. Uh, the animatic was the most informative thing um, and just the most gotcha. helpful thing for this kind of uh, project because what we did was we we went into After Effects. Um, we had um, the overhead like test shots of what these objects were and where they would be, like the placement of them. And we went into After Effects and we, we just kind of like traced all of those objects um, and made them into different colors. 
And then we use that as an onion skin to uh, give us a guide as to like, okay, well, this is going to come in here and this is going to move like this. And that way it prevented uh, not only us from like uh, going off the rails and just adding a bunch of stuff that shouldn't go in there, but it prevented the client from possibly changing things up. We got that, we got those uh, animatics approved. Like, well, this is exactly how it's going to move and all that stuff. And once that's approved, um, well, then you can't go backwards. They did go backwards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like on set, can we do this instead? Uh, um, So, yeah, I mean, but the, the animatic for us was like a godsend because it was like the thing that really, tied us to what the thing was going to look like at the end of the day. For sure. For sure. And um, one last question for you on this too. Um, When we were emailing about this frame, um, you had mentioned that, you know, like this is a frame that you hold like pretty near and Mm -hmm. dear to your heart. So I was just curious to know why that is, you know, why, you know, of all the projects that you guys have worked on as a studio, why this one continues to be top of mind for you? I think that it was the, you know, like when you, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like it was like a traumatic experience, but it was very stressful. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. There was like a stressful element to it for sure. And that tends, you know, when there's stress, um, tends to bring people together. Um, the deadline was, like I said, really aggressive. The budget just wasn't there, but I got to work with my best friends on something that in the end of the, it was beautiful. And I loved the script. It was just so well written and that that meant a lot to me. I love, um, I love animation that makes you feel something. It's especially if it's possible to do that in marketing where you're, you're being authentic. You're not BSing someone. You're saying who you are, what your company does, and um, you're getting an emotional response out of it because of the creative execution and, and the words that were, you know, put down in the script. And so those ty- types of projects to me, um, I just, there's something about them that just feel very special. Um, and I, I loved animating um, a lot of this. Uh, there were times where I didn't love animating it, <laughs> but um, where I would like, start shaking. There's always those like, times. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, just all of the objects and the stories within each scene, it just feels like a playground to me. I get inspired by that stuff. And um, yeah, it was just fun because of all of those reasons. That's awesome. Well, I mean, this has been such a cool project to talk about with you. You're definitely the first to talk about a stop motion piece with that. So I'm very, very curious to, you know, see what people have to say about it. I, I'm, I know everyone's going to love it, you know, when this comes out. Um, I know I'm loving it right now. They're going to um, they're going to tell but, me how, yeah, how you know, wrong I my my process was. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> you should have done this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've never worked on a stop motion piece, you know, for mm-hmm. a client, you know, or working, you know, through an agency kind of thing either. So, you know, learning about even some of the tools that you guys were using, I'm definitely going, you know, on the internet after this and checking those out because I don't even yeah. know what they are, but they sound really cool. <laughs> yeah, they are. But I've really enjoyed learning about, you know, this piece, you know, your background in animation and motion design, how you got into the industry and stuff like that. Um, if people want to connect with you and learn more about what you're working on, including Cream, you know, what's the best way for them to do so? 
Um, well, you can reach out to me at uh, Amanda at wearecream.com. You can visit our website at uh, wearecream.com, or you can come see me at uh, Camp MoGraph. I'm one of the speakers there in September uh, here in Virginia Beach. So come say hi. That's awesome. And for anyone, you know, who's on social media, you know, what's the best way for them to reach out to you or cream in that regard too? Oh, um, I'm always on LinkedIn. Um, and Instagram. Um, I have a lot of like family stuff on there, so it's probably not like the coolest place for you to check us out, but <laughs> you can check us out at, um, we are cream studio on Instagram and, um, we're on all of the, all of the sites, but we are cream studio or we are cream RVA. Um, those are the two handles that we use. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, again, Amanda. You know, this has been such a real treat, you know, speaking with you, learning about, you know, this project and everything that you guys have been working on. We'll uh, be sharing links to some of the tools and resources we mentioned here for our audience to check out, including, uh, you know, the studios and other yeah. stuff as well. Um, but that wraps it up for today, everyone. Feel free to email us at styleframesetpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, um, if you like what you see and hear here, don't forget to subscribe, share, and review the show on your favorite podcasting platforms as well. Lastly, come connect with us on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you again, Amanda. And we'll see you guys in the next one.